Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. We have a terrific show for you today. I really want to get to it. And we will, but first we need to hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk Podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back. And as promised, we have a great show for you today. We have with us Megan Burke, she is the new, as in last month, president and CEO of the Community Foundation of Western Mass. How are you, Megan? Good morning, George. I'm doing well this morning, and it's great to be here. Uh, great to have you on the show. Before we go any further, I think uh, we have to let the world know that that you probably owe the fact that you're in this job right now to listening to the Business West podcast. Is that true? No, I'm only kidding. I'm, I'm oversimplifying <laughs> things immensely, but but you have to tell that story before we go. I would be very happy to. Um, So yes, I definitely owe, at least in part, my current role to the Business West podcast. Last uh, September, I believe it was, I was preparing for my, my first interview with the search committee. And it just so happened that you, George, had interviewed Katie Allen Zobel, my predecessor, And just the day before my interview, I listened to that podcast with her three times. And I thought, this is perfect. It's almost like I'm cheating. So it was really great to hear that. Yep. (laughs) Well, it's good to hear that we could be of help. Something tells me you probably didn't need a whole lot of help anyway. But uh, congratulations in your new role. Uh, We want to talk about you. We want to talk about the Community Foundation. We want to talk about uh, where this organization has been and where it's going all in the next 20 minutes or so. Um, start with you. Um, oh, actually, no. Start with the Community Foundation. Almost everyone knows what community foundations are and what the Community Foundation of Western Mass is, but just in case someone doesn't, give us a, a quick snapshot. Sure, I'd be very happy to. Community foundations in general are um, rather unique entities. They've been around uh, in the United States for about 100 years. Um, and uh, our community foundation here in Western Mass has, has been in existence for a little over 30 years. But they're essentially a place-based funder that supports a particular geographic area. And it does so um, through the generous uh, contributions of residents and folks from that same community. So it's really, as in the name, a community effort to bring together the time and treasure, the resources of residents and businesses and others in this community to address the needs and support the residents in this community through grant making to nonprofits. Okay. And this back, uh, this organization really dovetails nicely with what you've been doing pretty much throughout your career. Well, not throughout your career, but most recently on your career. And we're going to get to the intriguing stops on your resume in a few minutes, but uh, Tell us uh, what brought you to apply for this position and and what prompted you to listen to that podcast that day and and take it that far. Sure. I'd be happy to. 
Um, well, I think that maybe two most important elements. I am a resident of Western Mass. I live in West Springfield. I've lived there now for several years. I'm raising my family here and I love this community. I think it's a great place to be. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for it to be even better. Um, I think the second critical feature here is that I have spent the last several years working at the Hartford Foundation for Public Giving, which is the community foundation for Greater Hartford. Um, and you know, I really, through that role, saw the incredible impact that a community foundation can have. Um, and so when I learned of this opportunity to do the work that I love in my very own community, um, it felt like a dream come true. Okay. So now you get to go back further. You have a, a very intriguing background. You uh, worked in Nicaragua for a while. Uh, you're working for uh, an organization uh, dedicated to um, eradicating landmines worldwide. Uh, tell us about that. Sure. Um, I, I, I love to talk about my meandering path. And I, I like to mention to people, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. Um, but I think I've been so fortunate to have um, incredible experiences throughout my career. Um, I started after, after school in New York City, uh, where I actually was very fortunate in having one of my first work experiences at the Ford Foundation. So that actually was my first introduction to philanthropy and the role that a foundation can have in you know, bringing about positive change. Um, through that role, I did get involved in the landmine issue, as you've noted, um, anti-personal landmines to be specific. Um, and I, I ended up, um, uh, for a variety of reasons, which I'm happy to go into, but I'll try to keep it short. Uh, after New York, I lived in Nicaragua in Central America for about eight years. And as some folks will know, there was a war in Nicaragua back in the 80s. Um, and as a result, that country uh, was pretty heavily impacted by anti-personal landmines. Um, because of the work I'd already done on the issue, I got more involved in that work while I was there. Um, I ended up working for the International Campaign to Ban Landmines, which is an international um, nonprofit that you know, works on these issues. I was their Latin American researcher, so I traveled around the region, visiting other countries that were impacted by landmines, and eventually... Uh, I ended up being the executive director of that organization. Um, and the International Campaign to Ban Landmines really monitors um, for any use of landmines, the impact of landmines on civilians, um, and, and the way that landmines prevent economic development in a region. And I think through that work, I also got to be involved very much in uh, the individual level. We had a, a range of supports we provided to what we called um, landmine survivor networks, um, which were essentially peer support entities in different countries around the world, um, supporting you know, victims of landmines who had uh, you know, severe physical disabilities to find employment, to support one another. Um, and so I think in that way, while I was involved in international work, I was also involved in local work. So really you know, thinking about at a local level um, how people could come together in their own community um, to make their own lives better, but also to, to improve the situation in their community overall. Um, my time in Nicaragua, I also did some work with the LGBTQ movement in Nicaragua, which was really um, you know, coming together in a significant way. Uh, this was about 20 years ago or so. Um, 
and, and really creating um, an advocacy platform to make some positive changes on, on, on those issues there. So I just, I feel like I've been fortunate to see how, again, you know, people coming together um, and, and working together to have a collective impact can be really powerful. Okay. Now you started with the Community Foundation, I guess it was early January, was it? Or January 18. So I'm, okay. I'm just two weeks in, in fact. What have we been doing? <laughs> three weeks. What have we been doing during those two, three weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in my first 90 days, um, let's say I'm I'm really aiming to, uh, you know, get to know the work of my colleagues, the, the staff of the Community Foundation. There's amazing, you know, individuals who are working here who have been here longer than I am. And I'm really interested in making sure I understand, you know, how we do things, why we do them that way. And, and really then support them to think about how we can do them even better um, and, you know, help them think about how we can remove obstacles to, to kind of be better connected to the community, um, you know, work more efficiently um, and really make sure that the folks uh, who can most benefit from the work we are doing um, have access to it. In addition to that, um, I am starting to get out into the community a little bit um, and get to know some of the kind of key stakeholders um, here in the community, um, I'll be starting to get to know some of the business leaders, some of our donors, um, nonprofit leaders, of course, because, you know, I really do think community foundations are kind of a, a big tent. It is a place where folks can come together um, and, and really say, you know, whether it's through their time or their money, um, you know, how can we work on these issues together? So I feel like the first order of business for me is to really listen and learn and understand what the community thinks is the most important uh, issues that we, we should be working on and addressing. Okay. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking with Megan Burke. She is the new president and CEO of the Community Foundation of Western Mass. Uh, we're talking about community foundations in general. Uh, when people hear that word foundation, they think of organizations that write checks, organizations that provide money to nonprofits, uh, provide money to high school students to go to college. Again, writing checks. Uh, in recent years, and probably not very recent, it's probably been going on for a long time, foundations have been moving beyond, well beyond writing checks and into the realm of convening people in the community, problem solving, identifying issues, addressing those issues. Talk about how the Community Foundation has moved in that direction and, and some of the work that it does today as a convener and as a problem solver. Right, George, that's a great question. I mean, I definitely think that folks, when they think of foundations, rightly think of the checks because that is really critically important. We do have resources that we can contribute to um, you know, resolving issues. But definitely over the last several years, we, like many other community foundations across the United States, have said, you know, what are the other tools in our toolkit that can make our communities a better place? Um, as, as many folks who are listeners of this program will know, the Community Foundation of Western Mass intentionally moved to a street-level uh, set of offices. We have a large uh, conference room. Um, certainly during COVID, it was underutilized, but we would love to get back to using that more frequently. But even during COVID, I do think we saw as a priority in our work to bring people together. Um, I think the work we have done um, around Valley Creates, 
um, bringing together um, artists, artists of color, artists from rural communities uh, to become a network themselves, but also to connect to arts organizations and to everybody in the community so that they can have a bigger platform for their work has been a really critical piece. We've, we've tried to wrap that work with convenings, with um, events uh, that, you know, again, provide that platform for artists um, and also with capacity building for artists so that they can become um, more successful, you know, essentially as small business owners for themselves. Um, so that is really going beyond the check in that, in that space. I think with Western Mass Completes as well, we have really looked at the amazing resources we have in Western Mass in the higher education space. And by that, I really mean all the post-secondary opportunities that are available to residents of Western Mass, whether they're immediately after high school or they're adult learners who have maybe stopped out and want to return to their education, and to really bring together those institutions of higher education and collectively think about how we can support those learners to persist and complete their education as an enormously important step for greater economic mobility. So we have um, been fortunate to fund some amazing researchers and consultants who have been um, helped us to structure a pilot program um, to really think about beyond tuition, what are the costs or the needs that these learners have that will allow them to complete their degrees and to really document that through that pilot program so that not just ourselves, but others can learn from what we have learned to say, yeah, here's a way that we can make sure that folks who decide to go into nursing, for example, are completing the degree, they're getting their licensure, and they're actually staying in our community, and they're filling a lot of gaps that the medical institutions have that are dying for nurses. And so I think this is a real win-win where you know, we can bring together, again, some funding for the pilot program, research around it to document what's working, and also convene the heads of those educational institutions to brainstorm together with us and to, and to lend their support to this effort. So I think those are a couple of examples of how we've done it so far. And I think that's definitely going to continue to be central to our work. Okay. You brought up a really good example because it's one thing to give a high school student uh, a check and a scholarship to get them into college. Uh, it's another thing to see them through to completion, whatever completion would happen to be for them, uh, two years, four years, whatever. And I'm glad to see that, that you're spending more time and more energy in that effort. Uh, again, not just to get people into college, but to get them all the way through. So you mentioned that conference room at, at uh, the Community Foundation. You told me another interesting story when we talked a couple of weeks ago. You were out for a walk downtown. And I walk downtown all the time. You looked in the Community Foundation windows and there went your walk. You uh, <laughs> stopped and looked for 15, 20 minutes, I guess. Well, tell us about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, it, it seems like a great story now at the time. <laughs> uh, so I, I took a walk. Espionage? Is that what it's called? I know. I don't know what it was, but it was inspired. It was a lovely spring day. I think it was in April, maybe. And um, you know, just taking a walk on a Sunday morning. And I did happen to look in the windows of the conference room. And the Community Foundation of Western Mass had just completed a uh, sort of a, a, a staff and, and trustee retreat to do some strategic planning for the next year. And uh, the, you know, the flip chart paper was taped all around the conference room. And since it's at street level with lots of windows, 
all of that was available for me to see. And I was really excited by what I was seeing in terms of the priorities of the foundation. Um, But I was also thrilled to see the transparency. They were literally inviting the community to see what they were thinking about and how they were thinking about it. And I took some photos through the window and I sent them to the Harper Foundation. And I said, look at this. We need to be more like this. We need to be transparent. We need to invite the community in. And little did I know that a few months later, I would be interviewing for the position I'm in now. So you were taking things from Springfield back to Hartford. Are there any things from Hartford that we're thinking about bringing here? Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that is another great thing about community foundations. They do not compete with each other, in fact, because each one has its own geographic area. And we really can partner and bring what works in other places um, you know, to, to improve the work of everybody. So I think some of the things that, um, you know, I'm excited about bringing from Hartford, um, you know, are, are some of the ways uh, that we operationalize our, um, our focus on equity and opportunity. Again, as I, I think I've mentioned, you know, we are here at the Community Foundation of Western Mass, our overall sort of objective or North Star is to increase equity and opportunity in Western Mass and and really make sure that everybody has the opportunity to fulfill their full potential. And so I think we all recognize that some folks have more barriers to doing that than others. So, and yet when everyone is included in the economy, we all win. So how do we do that? And I would say that in Hartford, where I think there is a a very similar strategic focus, it, it was announced a few years earlier. So there has been a bit more time to try things out to test things and really say, how do we move a focus like this forward? It is really long-term work. It's not easy. If we all knew how to do this, it would already be done. Um, but I think, you know, for example, um, some of the, just thinking about the post-secondary persistence and completion work that's happening here in Western Mass, there's already a great start. It's really some exciting work. And I think now we think about how do we scale that up? And I think there's been some thinking in Hartford around, you know, who are the folks, again, who have the greatest barriers to persist and complete in, you know, whatever that kind of training or higher education might be, and really focusing potentially on, you know, the community colleges or the public educational systems or other spaces where those first generation students of color have um, you know, the most access to education and really wrapping supports around those students so that they can be successful. Um, I think some of the other areas, um, you know, the Hartford Foundation spent, um, and I was very much involved in this, spent the last year and a half really thinking about how to, um, how to operationalize a trust-based philanthropy model. So really thinking about how do we work with the community um, in partnership to, to, for them, for nonprofits, to remove barriers to accessing funding. And a lot of it comes down to, you know, these structures that have been built up over time that are not necessary. They're overly complicated. They keep people out rather than inviting them in. And I think some of the um, you know, new processes, the streamlined processes that have just started to go into place in Hartford, 
and which I was very much involved in building is something that we can bring here too. And I think there's a real appetite to say, how can we spend less time on paperwork and asking questions that maybe we don't need to know the answers to and really actually being out in the community, getting to know the issues and our partners and meeting them where they are. Okay, very good. Well, sounds like you're off to a great start. Continued good luck this year. We'll have you back on later on this year and uh, kind of refresh this conversation when you've met everybody and you've got a little firmer handle on what's going on here in Western Miss. So good luck to you. Thank you so much, George. I look forward to it. I appreciate all it. Right. Thank you for being on today. Thanks. Okay. Thank you to all of you for listening. This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time. Thank you.